Welcome to Faith at Eight. I'm Shanna. I'm Jill. We are two friends helping turn your eyes from the world to the Word through candid conversations fueled by Jesus and more Jesus. And then there is our children. And what we often do is we put our children before our marriages and then they move out of the house at 18. You're like, who's this guy that sleeps on the other side of the bed as me? What's that going on? And we, again, live in a culture where um, I have to drink to deal with my children and it's funny and cute and there's a, a thousand Instagram things on there or there's this new Instagram trend and if you did it, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying you might need to like really look at that of like, oh, my kid gets her attitude from me. Like that's not cute. That That's what? What is this? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember saying and, and I've been very humbled. It's time to take out one child from the bath and put the other one in um, because they're not allowed to be in the bath together. They make too much mess. Um, I have timers set up because I want to be a good steward of my timer and my time. And I don't want to all of a sudden be like, oh, they've been in the bath for four hours and it's 10 o'clock at night. How'd that happen? Um, But, but, um, oh, children. That's what we were talking about, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But even like there's this cultural thing of, and I did it, of saying like, oh, I could never homeschool. I don't like my kids that much. What a horrible thing to say about your children. What a horrible thing. Like, and I said it, I said it. And I think about it now and I'm like, wow, how lost was I that I did not see my children as a blessing, as a blessing. I have a routine. I like sticking to my routine. This morning, one of my children did not allow me to stick with my routine because she climbed in bed with me this morning. And I remember thinking like, I really need to get up. And then I was like, but in three years, like I could say no. five years or 10 years. In three years, she'd probably be like, mom, I'm not climbing in bed with you. That is so not cool. Because she's eight. So that would be like 11, right? I, I, I'm a homeschool parent. I can add eight and three. Um, And I literally just had a moment where I was like, let me double check. Yes, <laughs> I use my fingers if you're not watching on YouTube. Um, But in a few years, she's not going to want to do that with me. Mm-hmm. So is the best thing for me to do right now is be like, girl, I'm sorry, I gotta get I gotta get to my schedule? Or is it to just be like, you know what, I'm just gonna lay here and cuddle with you. I'm gonna hold you in my arms and I'm gonna speak uh-huh. life over you and I'm gonna I'm gonna um tell you how much I love you and tell you how like oh God has just blessed me with you as a child and I'm just so blessed and humbled to be your mommy. Like what am I gonna do in this moment? So I chose the latter. It may have fallen asleep asleep too, but I chose the latter. And we have those choices constantly. And talking about like speaking life over your children um, before my kids go to bed or like when they're, you know, in that state of like about to fall asleep, I'll just go in and I'll just talk to them and I'll say, Mm -hmm. you are so patient. You are kind. I love this about you. And I remember um, one time I did it and Christian was like, are you going to do that for Bennett too? And I said, yes, but I I give him different words because Mm -hmm. you both have different things. And Christian goes, Bennett come here because mommy's going to tell you some really cool things about you. That's amazing. And my heart just swelled because in that moment, I could tell that he appreciated it and understood it, but also wanted to share it with his brother. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I get it so wrong. So So wrong. Often. Every day. She does all the time. That's kind of what it made sound like I said, but I meant me too. Sorry. (laughs) But it's. I too get it wrong. You have the choice. And, you know, even in, in the day is. I say something wrong, I react, I get angry, I throw yeah. tomatoes on the floor, but then I have the choice to get it right. <laughs> and it's not about saying, you know what, um, I'm so sorry that that mom threw tomatoes on the floor. No, the reason that I did it was because I got upset and I didn't go to God. 
Absolutely. And that is what I did. And Absolutely. so I'm not going to come in and say, I got angry. And then I'm going to hug you and say, oh, don't be angry at mommy because I got angry. No, that was a bad reaction on my part yes. because I didn't lean into God. And that is what happens when I get, when I get into that anger and I react wrong, I have that choice. And so what am I speaking over my children? Yes. What am I modeling to my children? We have that choice every day. And it's not, you screw up once. And so you're a bad mom. No, you screw up. And now you have the choice to say, when I'm in this situation, situation again is Jill going to throw tomatoes on the floor or is she going to step back and be like let's not waste the tomatoes let's have a conversation with God let's not lean on my four-year-old for understanding the stress that I'm feeling why not let me lean into God so been there (laughs) and what's interesting is Christian parents we just oh obey um it says obey your mother father obey your mother father well also it tells us um, that children to love God and and we need to model, model both those behaviors. We need to obey our father, father, yes. God, and we need to love God and we need to model that, not just expect it from our kids. Yeah. And and when we are with them, we need to actually be present. Mm-hmm. When we are with them, we need to see that time with them as a blessing. Our daughter got really sick with COVID. And she had a fever and I just gave her to my husband in honesty. No, he was like, I really want to lay with her. He was sicker than I was and she was yeah. sicker than her sister. So it was like the two, the sickest child and the sickest adult got one bed and the less <laughs> sick parent and the less sick child got the other one. And, um, you know, am I going to be mad about what's happening or am I going to see this as a blessing that I get? Like us both getting laid off and coming home uh, in 2020, one of the greatest greatest blessings ever. Because my husband and I, and we both talked about this a lot, we realized we don't like being apart. But we always thought we needed it. Like, oh, I need to. I need to miss my kids. No, 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 I don't. But that's what we're told. The world tells us you need time apart. You're supposed, you need to miss them. You need to be away. And the fact is like, yeah, of course you're going to get up and you're going to do things, but culture has taught us that you need to be apart from them eight hours a day so that you can put them into a a public school system. And there's nothing wrong. Trust me, like my kids were in um, school all day, but I had a different understanding once I understood what what for me being a Christ-centered mother was. But, you know, when the world teaches you over and over, you need to be away from your children. It makes it easier to make the decision of, let me put them in school. Let me work outside of the home. Let me choose to be away because the world tells me I need that time away. It's like the, the world is taking away your choice, is taking away that wait, what does God call me to do? What is he saying that I should be doing? And instead, we're justifying it by the world standards. So there's 24 hours in a day. There's 52 weeks in a year. If you don't put your kid in early child care, times that by 13 years. So that's 16,224 hours from the time that they're five till they're 18 that they have. And we not only just put them in school, we then put them in extracurricular activities where they're not with us. We do, we put them in all these things. And so like what portion of that 16,224 16, hours? Don't send me a message to tell me I was off by, by some. I get it. It's it's just a demonstration. But how much of that do we spend apart from them? We get this teeny, and they're sleeping part of it too, mm-hmm. I hope, at some point. So there's so little time. And then we, we oh, but... Um, you know, I need my me time. No, no, no. When my children are 18, I'm going to get a lot of me time because mm-hmm. they're going to leave my house and, um, or sometime in there, sometime between 18 and 20, I'd like them to emancipate themselves and go out into the world. And if I'm a good parent, they will actually be able to 
uh, launch and be able to be successful on independent uh, Christ-centered women. But um, so much of that we have now filled up with all these things that the world says we need to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying if you put your kid in extra activities, you're a bad parent. Or if you don't homeschool, you're a bad parent. I'm not saying any of that. But are we doing it out of intention? Are we doing out of convenience or to fit in? Or, or, like, I get it. I got questions when we decided to homeschool. People were like, well, like, does the state choose your curriculum? I'm like, no, I do. Well, <laughs> but but how do you know they're getting a good education? Well, what is a good education? Because I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but there's a whole bunch of kids coming out of our public education system that can't read to, to grade level. So let's not pretend like that's the guarantee. Like, let's just not. Am I being a good steward with my children? Am I serving them? Am I raising them so that they will be valiant women of God. We talked about that on one of the things like that's what my that is my husband and I's mission and focus when it comes to our children, uh-huh. our daughters. We want them to be valiant women of God. We want them to be like the midwives of Moses. That is what we want them Hebrew midwives. The Hebrew midwives. That's what we want them to be like. Yes. We want them to be able to understand um the morals of that. Um your husband's texting us. Um but but are we he's probably asking if, if he needs food. food because again this podcast is brought to you by Jeffrey. Um <laughs> but but like are we being good stewards with our children? Are we just missing it all? And I will tell you out of convenience. You know, my kids went into school because that gave me more time to work. I'm not, that's just how it was. That was my view is, yes, they have to go into a school so that I can drop them off at 9 a.m. and I can pick them up at 4 p.m. And during those times, I can make my appointments and, and um, you know, go do my job. Mm-hmm. And what I recognized was there were certain things happening that my kids weren't being modeled to them what it meant to yes. be Christ-centered. And I suddenly realized that what I thought I needed was exactly what I didn't need. And that it wasn't about dropping my kids off and having time for me to run my business, that I will be able to run my business and be a mother with my kids at home and homeschool. Like we will figure this out because God gives me enough time to get everything done that he has planned for me. It's not about me creating this schedule of well, I'm just going to, you know, put my kids in school so then it's easier for me to work. And again, whatever you choose for your family, that is your decision. No judgment. I'm trying to be very honest about the reason my kids were in school was because it would give me time to work. And then I had to have a little come to Jesus literally about, wait, this isn't where they're supposed to be. God's calling us to be in a different situation. And there was an incident. <laughs> with me. And um, we pulled them out of school and they've been home ever since. And yes, the schedule is different. My yeah. goodness, the schedule is different. <laughs> but is it is it bad or challenging or hard? No, it's just different. It's different because now we are home all together and it is beautiful. And Jeff and I have had discussions as well as we like how it is. Yeah. We, we like that we wake up and we are together. And if the boys need certain time or, or have an interest that's going in one way, we get to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, I'm not saying correlation is causation by any means, but it's interesting that we have all of these children going through a public school system that are Christian and then they go through college Christian, but they're not by the end of it all. So, so if we want to raise up our children, it's funny, we'll read, we'll read Proverbs, raise up a child and they will not leave the faith. 
And we take them to church every Sunday and we think that count. Like we think, oh, why raise them up? And it's like, but, but it is, it is modeling. Are there the right people around them modeling? And, and again, this is not like a, if you have your kids in public school, you're a bad parent thing, but, um, it is a, if, if that is your end goal, if your end goal is to have Christ centered children, are you even being intentional with their time? Mm -hmm to make sure that that is the end result and that is being modeled to them. Is that what you are putting as a priority? I think I've said on another episode, we do not do recreational activities because many of them have games and meets and competitions on Sunday. And that is a non-negotiable for our family. Mm -hmm. That's not because the Ruiz family are better Christians than you by any means, but that's because that's what God has taught us. That is what God has put on my husband and I's heart. Because at the end of the day, it's funny, like people, there's that post going around about like, sports does all these things for your kids. So what you're telling me is that when you look at the athletic community, professional athletes are the most moral people that you've ever seen, and definitely have great, the best character. I don't know about you, I'm going to go with a no on that one based on my reflection. So so is my goal to get my kid to be just like a professional athlete? Or is my goal to have my children be humble and right. serving like Christ. And that's where we have that option to yeah. guide. That's where we have to model. And that was the big thing as I reflected, what am I modeling to my children? Because, you know, I have two sons. They're going to go off and find partners that are like me, that that model a relationship like me and Jeff, because that's what they're going to see as a marriage. I want them to see a Christ-centered marriage. I want yeah. them to see a Christ-centered father. I want them to see a Christ-centered mother. Um, and the only way we can do that is by modeling it. Taking them to church or telling them what it is, is not going to help. We have to model that behavior. Absolutely. And then the last thing is work. And work has become such an idol in the world. Really Your has. title what is my title? My t- like, what like letters when you, do you have behind your name? Like when, and it's it's interesting because oftentimes when you meet someone new, the, my old question should be, oh, and what do you do? Mm-hmm. Not, are you married? Are you not married? Do you follow Christ? Do you have kids? It was, what do you do? And uh-huh. and I, and it's not that I cared what the other person did. It was just very common in conversation. Mm-hmm. And we spend so much time. We put our kids. We don't even put our kids in public school. We put our kids in like childcare prior to that. Not a judgment again. So guilty. <laughs> My youngest child started in preschool at mm-hmm. three at three months old. Okay, like not a judgment. Been there, done that. Um, but we could we give our kids to someone else to raise mm-hmm. um, because we need to like we can't leave the work and women especially like it, it. I admit when I came home, I would say, "Well, I'm just a mom now," and I had I, God humbled me and was like, uh, "Excuse me." Like in Psalm 128.3, it says your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like young olive trees around your table. No, no, no. Like I, I, I being a mom is an important job. Mm-hmm. It is important work. And we need to find blessings and joy in the mundane. And why are we not? Because the world tells us that we're just a, the world has told us that if you are not a two income family, you're not working hard enough. Both of you have to be working so you can have the stuff. Alex recently told me that I was I was in the rock decade because I was talking about how, you know, back in the day, 
Like, it was not uncommon for kids to share the same bed. Not only the same bedroom, but the same bed. Mm -hmm. And now there's this mentality around, oh, my kids can't share the same bedroom, let alone bed. Why? What what happens to them? Is that the decision if they're going to be president or a prostitute? Like that? <laughs> like, if they had to share the same bed as their sibling? Like, and... um. But but that's we have to have more and we have to we have to give our kids everything we didn't have. That's not biblical. Nowhere in it does it tell us that we have to give our kids what we didn't have. Maybe if we stopped giving our kids what we didn't have, maybe they'd actually appreciate some things. And and if we stopped striving for that, we would stop working so much and making work our idol because we would no longer have this need to have both parents have to have six figure incomes mm -hmm. to be able to provide for our children. There is no evidence that shows that. It, there's actually a lot of evidence that shows um, military children, just in case you didn't know, people in the military are men and women who fight for our freedom, don't make a ton of money, um, that have moved around a lot, mm -hmm. actually are more adaptable and do better as adults because they're not like used to, oh, I always was in this small, I had to, like me, oh, I had to have my kid in a, in a school where there was not a lot of kids in class. And I had to do this. And I worked hard so that we could afford this. Mm -hmm. Where actually there's no evidence that shows that actually benefits children into adulthood. And that's an interesting part is, you know, I come from the medical field, right? So I come from the medical field of, okay, I go to school, be a PA, and then I'm not just a, just a PA. I need to go specialized. And then I don't just specialize. I specialize in a specialization because that sounds really cool. And that justified me being away from my older son, mm -hmm. right? So because of what I had, I went back to work six weeks after a C-section. No. Minimum <laughs> that you're supposed to have is eight weeks. Most people take three months. But I took three months. <laughs> I remember being told like, you need to get back here. And I felt I had to, that it was yeah. a duty to my job to go to work. And at that time, I did not have that foundation of God. And when I reflect on it, I'm like, wow, how different would it have been if I understood the, um, the, the Christ-centered view of it? Like if I really was walking in that instead of making my job the idol. Did you also find that your identity was in that? Yes, my identity was in that until I was making the move to leave it when I realized that was not at all. Like I wasn't going to be wrapped up my, by my degree. I was, mm -hmm. I was willing to walk away from that because I saw that I was, there was a different purpose being walked out. But it's really easy to sit around a table and say, oh yeah, you know, I'm an orthopedic PA and this is what we do. But whoa, mm -hmm. what do you do? And, and then you start to like, oh, well, there, I'm here. They're there. Who yeah. cares? Who cares? Right? I have friends that are doctors and like, I, you've known this, they've been like, oh, she's just a PA. And I'm like, is that really where we're at here? <laughs> like, or even we, my husband and I, we go to a PA. We do not go to the doctor. I don't even think the doctor knows we exist. I've never seen him. I've never met with him. And I've had someone say, oh, but you only go to a PA. I'm like, they still went further in school than I did. They still know something. I'm like, what, what does it matter? Their title. But what happens is we get so wrapped up in these titles. And even sometimes it's more than just a title of work or I know you're now in network marketing. Um, I pretend like I am um, or, or rank. It's even like we mm -hmm. get so wrapped up in our identity in certain affiliations 
And that's very, very dangerous because what happens is when those affiliations or the title or that job no longer meets our moral standard, we will sometimes make excuses for it. Mm-hmm. Not because we're like all of a sudden have bad morals, because we're it's our identity. Yeah. And if I if I take that down, if I say something wrong about that, it's not just like I have to protect this institution. Mm-hmm. And you see that there's a lot of times where you see these institutions or these these jobs or these things, they are doing things morally wrong. And you're like, why didn't anyone say it? Not because they're a bad person, but because it was their identity was so wrapped up in it, they had to they felt they had to protect the institution. Yep. And that's very, very dangerous place to be, but that's where we're at. That's where we're at in politics. That's where we're at in uh, a lot of religions. Um, you know, do I think people that identify with a specific religion are going or not going to heaven? Well, I don't know what's in their heart. So it's not like mm-hmm. someone can be assigned or, or affiliated with a specific religion and go to heaven because their heart and they have a relationship with Christ. And someone can be a, wrapped up in a specific religion and do what all that religion says and not. Um, because it's about our heart, but we can't have our, we need to make sure our identity is wrapped up in children of God, Christ-centered men and women, in Christ, not in the the R or D next to our name or the PhD or the doctorate at the end of our name or um, a specific religion. I'm Lutheran, I'm Catholic, I'm whatever. It needs to be wrapped, but no, my identity is in Christ and Christ alone, because when we when we look at things through that filter, we are better stewards of everything because we recognize that I am a child of God and the 24 hours that God has given me is not my own. It is a blessing. I am a child of God. This is my temple. It does not belong to me. It belongs to God. I treat your stuff better than my stuff because it's not my stuff and I have to return it to you and I want to return it to you well. Well, my body is the same way. My body... And I'm not always a good steward of my body, I'll admit. Um, but my body is not mine. It is Christ's. It is God's. Christ died on the cross so that my soul would be with him in heaven. And so I need to be a good steward of that. My marriage, my husband is my perfect provision sent from God, from God not some guy I met in a bar. So I, I need to recognize that my marriage is a blessing for God. from God. It's ordained by God. And therefore, you know, Christians are at a 50% divorce rate, just like Mm non-Christians. Well, why is that? Because we no longer are realizing that our marriages are God-ordained and they are his, not ours. Our children, my children are his, they're not mine. So my, my job, my work, whatever the calling God's put on my life, if that is being a mom, okay, I'm going to find joy in the mundane because I'm doing it for God. There we go. Stewardship 101. All summed up. And I think, you know, use this episode to reflect on these different areas and be honest with yourself. Yes. We, at the end of the day, we can't see what you're doing. We can't judge you based on your stewardship. of it. This is to give you reflection. You know, both of us are very honest and like, this is where we were. Um, yeah. But we have that choice every single day. In all areas of our lives, we have the choice Where are we going to put our time? Where are we going to put our energy, our focus? And it's okay when you screw up. That's a part of it. But make the decision to do better next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Father God, creator of all the universe, provider of all things, we are so humbled. We are so humbled on the blessing upon blessing upon blessing that you have laid at our feet, that you have given to us, that you've poured over our lives. 
what what abundance we have in you, Father God. And we know and recognize that oftentimes we are not grateful for it, that we abuse it, that we do not um, take good care of it. We do not demonstrate good stewardship of all the blessings. We oftentimes complain about those blessings. (laughs) Father God, we are so sorry. And that is so, so wrong. We recognize and we apologize that we do not see your blessings as blessings, but we see them oftentimes as inconveniences or hurdles in our way. Father God, we are so thankful that despite the fact that we get it wrong, you keep blessing us. Despite the fact that we do not honor our husbands or serve our husbands well, you still blessed us with them. The fact that we sometimes are wasteful with our time that you still bless us with more time, that even though we do not see our children as blessings oftentimes and we take them for granted, that you still provided them for us, knowing that we would get it wrong, knowing that we would not get it right, Lord. Thank you. And thank you, Lord, from turning our hearts away from what the world says and turning it towards you, Lord, and what you have blessed us with, what your word has said, what your word has guided us through, Lord. Thank you for providing your word. Thank you, Lord. Please, Father God, allow us to be good stewards of your word. Allow us to make it a priority in our lives. Make it a priority in our days and in our times so that we do know what you've called us to do, that we can be good stewards with all things because we've been given the knowledge of what good stewardship is and what it looks like, Father God. Please draw our hearts closer to you as we spend more time in your word. Lord, please create a yearning inside of us for that word, for the words and letters on this page that put together are a beautiful gospel of who you are and the promises that you made and the sacrifices that you made for us. Father God, let us recognize and see that in all things. We are so grateful for the opportunity to serve you and you alone. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a review. Don't forget to share with a friend today too. Um, This is a great one to listen to together. And then do a little buddy review. Yeah. Pretty please. (laughs) Cherry on top. We'll see you later, friends. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, there's a few things we would love for you to do. Share with a friend, like, and subscribe to our channel on YouTube or Apple Podcast, which has new episodes every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern, or find us live on Instagram on Fridays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Whatever you do, do it in faith.